cliffcentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and cliffcentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is The Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makoko-Klela. Welcome, Lionel. Thank you very much, Gary. And Dumelang to our listeners. And today's show is going to be quite interesting. Today, Lions, we have a two-part show. First up... The story of the safety deposit boxes that were stolen from FNB. How can we help you? Yeah. Millions have gone missing. And uh, the question today is, are the losses recoverable? And that's the million rand question. Oh, yeah. How can we help you? Yeah. (laughs) In studio, three of the victims to share their misfortunes. We'll introduce them in a moment. Later in the show, we host the very respected Kaya Sitole. Mm, very intellectual. Yeah, he's a chartered accountant and social activist. He discusses current issues affecting South Africans. We look forward to that one as well. Certainly. Our email address, law, L-A-W, at cliffcentral.com. Our Facebook page, The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg. And our Twitter handle for you, Lionel. It's, it's Hertzlaw, uh, H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W. Cool. Let's introduce our guest today on the safety deposit box story. It's Kelly Fraser. Welcome, Kelly. How's You're the it? ringleader of the victims. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> only of the victims. Um, Nicole Petit. Petit, yes. And Eva Ziegler. Good Welcome, morning. ladies. All good to have you in studio. You're much poorer than you were a month ago, or was it a little more than a month ago. A lot of people have lost a hell of a lot of money, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, for those who may not have heard the story, Kelly, you want to outline what's happened? Yeah, sure. So basically on the 18th of December in, um, last year, we had a heist at the Randburg branch of the F&B. And there were 362 boxes that were actually physically taken from that branch. Um, we thought it was over. And then two, uh, about a week later on New Year's Eve, there was another break-in um, on the 31st, yeah, on New Year's Eve. And uh, they didn't take the boxes, but they broke into about 48 boxes and took the contents there. There was also um, a heist at Sunnyside um, in 2015 that was actually pretty similar to this as well. Um, where there was two, about 290 boxes involved as well. So is it, is it the same bank? Yes, also F&B. F&B across the board, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Kelly, your dad is the loser here. He lost a lot in the uh, of Krugerrands, I believe. Yeah, and that's basically why I got involved. He actually phoned me, um, which was four days later, because he had only just found out that he, his box had been one of the boxes involved at Randburg, and 50 Krugerrands were inside there. So wow. that's a lot of hard work that went away in one day. What's the value of that? should be close to a million. Wow. Yeah. Gone forever. Gone forever. All that hard work. It's um, not something you can get back easily. Do you have any idea how long your dad had the safety deposit box with the Krugerrands in? He had actually recently moved to uh, to that box in F&B. So he's had the coins for a while, but um, he only had the F&B box for about a year. Okay, let's talk to Nicole. Nicole, your uh, contents. Yeah, your yes. boxes were stolen from where? 
also from Randberg branch. Yeah. And the contents were mostly heirloom jewelry from grandparents, great grandparents, great great grandparents, uh, Russian, uh, Yugoslav, French and Italian. And, uh, these were pieces that will never, ever be able to be replaced. Yeah. Coins. Uh, sentimental from, from, from all over. For going years. back for years and years. For, 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 in fact, centuries these yeah. went back. Um, the, you can't quantify that. You, you can. cannot quantify. The, the sentimentality cannot be quantified. And what's really worrying today is that you cannot value these items. How can mm. you value mm. a pair of chandelier earrings that had unfaceted diamonds in them? How can you wow. value that? That's uh, it's impossible. Eva Ziegler, you are also a victim of uh, is it Randberg? Yes. Yeah. Although my box was in four ways, okay. and without my knowledge or permission, they moved them to Randberg about a month before the heist. Yeah, that makes a big difference to the case, doesn't it? Because you entrusted it to a bank in four ways. You weren't okay. notified. You weren't asked. Whether you whether they could remove it, were you just? I wasn't notified. The bank apparently sent out a registered letter to an old PO box address of mine. Mm. Although on my contract, it very clearly gives my current address. I mean, you fecked at the same bank, exactly, aren't you? So exactly. So they, they've got everything of yours. And there was no email. Mm. There was no phone call. There was nothing. Do you, does the bank normally send you registered mail, or do they address you by email? Email, always email. So why this by registered mail? Crazy, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You never saw it? No, I never saw anything. When you heard there was a heist at Randberg, did you consider that it was yours? Why would you even think that? Well, I didn't hear about it. I just got a phone call from the bank saying that your safety deposit box in Randberg has been stolen. And I said, what? I don't even have my safety deposit box in Randberg. So I got in my car, rushed off to Four Ways, and I said, what is the story about the safety deposit box in Randberg? Mm. And that's that's when I found out that the box had actually been moved. I had no idea prior to that. What was in your box? Well, all sorts of jewelry, bits and pieces, um, stuff dating back the last 40 years, things that I'd gotten as gifts, things that I got as a child, um, you know, everything I owned. And the yeah. irony was that in 2015, in December, I went overseas. So I thought instead of letting, leaving stuff at home, I'll pack everything up and put everything in my safety deposit box just to make sure that it's safe. Yeah. Well, obviously it wasn't. Can you estimate a value if you had to put a value on, on the stuff? Well, it's in the region of 890,000 rand. I have a document. It's not the document you signed. It's just a, it's an advert which you'll find on FNB's website. It says safe custody pricing guide. How can we help you? As Lionel says, mm-hmm. it says, do you have valuables that you want kept safe, sentimental or expensive items that you wish you could keep under lock and key? Well, you can. Peace of mind they offer you, and they tell you the storage types, they tell you the value, uh, sorry, the amount that you pay once a month, and then it's got a big heading, the small print, and under that it says our small print is straightforward, here we go, and it goes into all kinds of things, nowhere ever does it say anywhere that... uh, you have to take out insurance. So if, I mean, this is an advert to do business. So if I go in there, I, I'm not expecting that I'm not covered unless I take out insurance, which is what has been thrown at you now. Yes, Am I exactly, right? exactly. Is it correct that all three of you have no insurance? That's correct. No correct. Insurance. The majority of the victims actually don't, don't have insurance. So it wasn't a um, minority uh, group. It's the majority had no idea that 
the insurance needed to be taken out and it was basically because we thought it was safe in a bank. Well, let's talk about how this thing works. You walked into the bank, you said, I want to open the safety deposit box and they put some document in front of you. Is it a document that you would read or was anything conveyed to you? Did they say to you, listen, there's an option of insurance here? None of that was brought up when... To any of you? No, not at all. No, insurance was never, never offered. Yeah, it's uh, how, how many? Do you recall how many pages the document was? Sure, it's a little bit of a stack there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, mostly to do with setting up your debit order. The, the terms and conditions are really small and written there for yeah. you to sign at the at the end. Um, but yeah, there's quite a few things to go through when you set it up. Yeah. So in your minds, I know I'm, it's a bit of a leading question, but in your minds, there was no, there was nothing, there was nothing about insurance that you were considering. Why would you, when you see the advert that says, safe custody, peace, peace of, of mind. mind, why would you even consider any insurance if it's not conveyed to you? Yes, insurance is, yeah. you have to have an idea of some kind of risk involved. At a bank, you assume it's the most um, safest. Safe, place. Yeah, it's the safest place, the least amount of risk. Why should I take out insurance when I should have security guards and cameras and alarms and all that stuff taking care of my box? In, and the vault. Yeah. yeah, in my mind, absolutely, the vault is a thick a thick uh, walling that that no one can really get into. It's at the bank, surely. I mean, that's where the bank keeps its own documents, I guess. Yeah. So who would even think of uh, losing one's stuff in a in a bank vault? It's crazy, isn't it? Definitely yeah. mind blowing. Yes. And you also have to give twenty four hours notice to access your your box. It's not as though you ladies went. I mean, how many how many times did you actually go and visit the bank? You've been there how long? I've I've been there about 19 years, and the last time I went was probably uh, four months ago, funnily enough. And unfortunately, I think that my valuation certificate was actually inside mm. the box, yeah. which makes it even worse. But it's not something you do regularly. You entrust it to the bank. I mean, I don't know the, the worth of you people in studio and your dad, but there are some people that possibly have lost their, their life savings. And the most valuable in, in money terms, forget the sentimentality of it, they've lost a lot of they've lost everything. And the people that could really take strain on this one. No, definitely. I know um, based on the victims I've met, there are a whole bunch of pensioners that now face a very uncertain future. They don't know what's actually going to happen next now that everything has been taken away from them. They put it in that box and they had it for the rainy day. They had it for the end of their lives. And now, they t- now nothing's going to happen because uh, F&B has decided that um, it's not in their interest to take care of their customers in this situation, even though they've said they're going to enter into discussions. We'll have to what, see. They, uh, what I've read that they're prepared to do is pay you, whoever it is, for the cost of getting new IDs or whatever was in the driver's licenses and that. Correct. But we're talking small amounts there. We're talking 300 rand or 500 rand, whatever it may be. Yes. Um, yeah, documents being replaced. Um, yeah, that's a little bit of a cost there, but not really much value. Um, the excess, I guess it's a nice gesture, but the problem is the majority of the people aren't insured. So what happens to those that don't get the value or the benefit of the documents or the excess? Has the CEO of the bank spoken to you people? Has he addressed you personally? Um, no, not personally. And we haven't actually heard anything since their last announcement last Thursday. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about the, the way they've treated you? It's it's an obvious, uh, yeah. Uh, there was Eva, no communication. How do you feel about it? Well, there's just zero communication. 
So, you know, how's one supposed to feel about that? All my valuables are gone, everything that I ever owned. And, you know, the bank just shrugs their shoulders and say, oh, well, sorry for you. You know, how can we help you next time? They've opened, the bank has opened a case at, uh, in Randburg, I think, with the SAPS. Yes. Uh, the Hawks are involved. How have they been? I suppose they've been the, uh, more helpful of the between F and B and the police. They've definitely been more open with um, trying to assist the victims and getting some information, finding out what's going on. Is there any progress and that kind of thing? Mm. They haven't released a lot of detail, but at least they're talking to us and they are very quite communicative to the people that come into the branch, into the station and that kind of thing. The actual boxes, the steel box, they steel boxes, aren't they? Yes, they've been found, or most of them. Some. Yeah, Some of them? 250 yeah. of the Randburg ones have been found. Yeah. Where were they found? Um, at a mine dump in Soweto, mine shaft 17. Um, yeah, they were just littered and um, opened up. There were some documents scattered about. Um, it actually took the police a couple of trips to actually move it back to, to Long Lochter Station. Yeah. One wonders, although not too deeply, because I think we all know where it lands up, all the jewelry and stuff. Where do you think it lands up, uh, Eva or yeah, I think it lands up with unscrupulous um, jewelers. To be honest, mm. they take within seconds your your diamonds are gone, your stones are gone, the the gold is melted, and I'd like to see this taken further. I think it's not only the people that have done the theft. I think it's the people who've bought the jewelry. Absolutely, if there's no one to buy the goods, there's, there's no, no one demand. will steal it. Correct. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There's a there's a law called the Secondhand Goods Act, and that provides for. Um, goods that are brought in uh, that could be stolen, like also the copper. Remember all the copper. Oh, yes. um, what do you Cabling. call it? The, the, co- co- the cables. Yes. The cables and all that. That was brought in to cover that scenario because people were stealing these cables and they were lo- offloading them somewhere. So the Secondhand Goods Act came in and it has very very stringent remedies that. Uh, Especially when, when it's brought into a pawn shop or to, to a jeweler, they've got to make darn sure that the person that has brought them in kind of looks like they would own something like that. But more importantly, yeah. they need to produce the papers because nowadays whenever you sell something, you need to show that here's a certificate in case then somebody comes and says it was stolen. Well, the, the obligation on the second-hand goods dealers or on the pawn shops and on the jewelers is that it requires... Uh, people to the law requires the dealers to report suspicious transactions. So, if somebody's to, if it would appear that they're providing false particulars, or they are or they suspect that the goods are stolen or tampered with, then they can't take them in. I think the law. But I mean, what what happens is there are so many lines, as you know, so many of these dishonest and uh, forged, faked IDs. That if somebody walks mm. in with an ID, that's all the pawn shop needs. Show I've got an ID. Certainly, but I think the receipts would actually be very important in this regard to simply say, here's a certificate or the evaluation certificate of what my good is worth, and is that it would really say that you are legit. I really don't think the law in this regard is really being. Protective of the citizens. I think the victims are looking now to hold the bank liable. Obviously, there's they a lot should. of money involved. Let's talk about an, a concept called gross negligence. Uh, in order to hold the bank liable, as, as just as one factor, you would have to show gross negligence. Talk to us, uh, whoever wants to take this one. I know Nicole, you have strong views, or, or yeah, on. Uh, where has the bank been grossly negligent in your view? 
In our view, in our opinion, the, the bank has failed on multiple levels. I think it started somewhere at the top where um, there were cost-cutting measures going on, downsizing of branches and um, corners that were cut. Um, in Randburg, for an example, there was only one guard on duty. This guard was not hired by F&B despite it being a, a high-risk area, um, a branch that's uh, go, like quite um, popular. It's a festive season. They supposedly increased security for the festive season, season according to Leanne van Sale. Um, but uh, I don't think what – I can't imagine what they increased it to if it was only one guard what was it, zero before? Um, so there was no guard on duty. Um, there's cameras on the, uh, the perimeter that don't work. The gate itself actually is never closed. It's a branch that's open 24-7, so the, the access is way too easy. Um, from the inside of things, I think the person that accessed the Randburg branch definitely had um, an idea of the, of the layout due to the where they accessed the, the branch from the basement. So there was definitely someone on the inside communicating where would be the correct place to dig through. Um, on the Parktown side, um, as we could see from carte blanche, there were multiple employees involved. Um, how could there be a vault door that could be left open that easily with no one checking? Um, is it not like my fridge door that beeps when it's left open, that kind of thing? And as far as I'm aware, I believe that the, the wall between the two vaults were made out of drywall. So um, I, I think that you'd think um, a vault wall should be secure at all sides, mm. not just one side and then um, prote- not protected in the middle because that's where they actually lost their, the cash in the, uh, that was in the other vault. So I think it's multiple layers. Um, the alarm system, if it did go off and alerted Chubb, why, um, why was there no multiple key holders that were alerted? Even if there was one person that was harassed and they put their phone down, isn't there a second person should be involved? Um, I know Randburg has no footage. Is there no off-site footage? Um, why is there no backup to the cloud? This is, this is modern day and age. There's um, lots of infrastructure available to have things backed up so that these kind of things can be followed up with. Yeah, I think you should argue this case in court, Kelly, instead of your attorney. (laughs) Thanks. Um, You you make some very good points. I think you know that the Consumer Protection Act provides that liability cannot be excluded for gross negligence, regardless of any contract you have with anyone. Yes. If there's gross negligence, and gross negligence is not normal negligence, it's gross negligence, which you seem to have outlined that the bank was guilty of uh, seriously uh, negligent. In our Um, opinion, for sure. Yeah. Um, I saw on carte blanche, you just mentioned that the bank, uh, there are three employees that would appear to know something more than than we would, well, than they should have. And uh, I believe the bank has suspended these three employers, employees. Yes, um, that's actually quite funny because it happened right after carte blanche asked, asked them for an interview. So I'm not oh. sure if that was an actual um We've broken the case and we've led, we've got some suspects that are now suspended, um, or if it was just a, a coincidental, <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, they said that they've suspended these employees. I'm not entirely sure what's going on with them right now, but as you could see from that video, there was definite, um, involvement at, in, at some level. Yeah, there seems to be someone's using a knife in order to tamper with something. It looks like the safe door, the whatever, the, the key lock pad. Yes. It's very, I mean, no one should be using a knife in a bank no. to, to do something. So there's definitely something sinister going on between these three employees. The question to be asked in law, and uh, this, we could throw this one out, is assuming the three are complicit in this crime, would it, hold, would it mean that the bank is liable? I think they're liable in the sense that they should um, 
in, they should actually have more stringent stringent <laughs> um, employee protocols and controls. They should be checking that because I mean, if it's one person in a bank, fine. If and be can't have control over everyone. And I know that the Rosenbaum case um, actually said that uh, negligence can extend can't extend to employees because it's out of F&B's control and they can't control so many employees. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, yeah, sure, if it was one employee, but multiple employees and two different branches, there's not something fundamentally going on here that F&B is responsible for. Yeah, we as lawyers talk about vicarious liability. Is the employer liable for the acts of their employee? In other words, assuming your driver, you ask him to go and deliver goods and he has an accident and he damages another car and he's negligent, are you liable as employer? And the answer is yes. You are liable for the acts of your employee. Vicarious liability, that's what it's called. The question then is, okay, he has an accident. Here, is the bank liable now for the acts of its employees if the employees acted criminally? And the answer is, I don't know. It's a very tough one. It's definitely it's a very, not. very tough it depends. one. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of cases from the appellate division. Um, there's one that I picked up, uh, well, I've known about for, for many years now. There was a collision between a police vehicle, which was driven by a constable, and he was forbidden to drive that vehicle. He had an accident, and the court, notwithstanding that he was forbidden, uh, held the bank, whatever it was, it was the bank, a libel as well, or the insurance company, whatever. So notwithstanding that he had no permission to drive the car, the bank uh, or his employer was still held liable. The question here is, would the bank be liable if these three scallywags that apparently have been suspended, I'm not suggesting they are, but if they are found to be guilty, can we say, well, your employees are dishonest, pay up? I think... What happens, another question, what happens if your employee <laughs> swears at a customer? Can they sue you? No, I don't As think. The employer. It, I don't think in that case it it would be that. But I you think know what it's it not is, just it's too, they're too disconnected to their job yeah. description. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not expected that a bank employee would be tampering with the vault and all the rest. So the bank would simply say, "Listen, they they're too disconnected from us. We you know we're not liable on that basis." Very interesting concept in law. This whether the three employees who could be complicit would make the bank liable. Lovely discussion. Your lawyers are going to have a field day on this. Um, <laughs> the only problem is you're fighting the bank. So um, all of you, um, we did a, a case very recent. Uh, I mean, a, a story very recently in this studio. Lange, you'll remember. It's about litigation funding. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And uh, there are people that fund uh, litigants. This may be one they may want to take up if you all got together. Oh, we've got quite a few people, so, yeah, so and we've done pretty well so far. I mean, what, what is the total value that's… Uh, uh, what, the quantum that, at the yeah, moment? The total value of losses, would you estimate? Um, okay, so based on the… because we had a big group meeting and there was about 110 people there, so it was about 200 million, So, um, and there was a, missing about another 90. So I'm, I'm looking at about 250 to 300 million estimate. The, the, the problem with that is people often inflate of uh, the value of what they say is in there. I mean, a, Jew, a necklace may be worth millions to you, but uh, it's sentimental value mainly. Yes. So, you know, in the eyes of the law, it's, worth, it's kind of worthless very often yeah. unless you can prove something. So that could be one of the, the dangers. People could also inflate what they had in there. They may not have had 
a million rands worth of cash in there. Uh, who, whoever knows. Yeah. Someone suggested, why don't you take a picture? Why didn't people take a picture? A lot of people did, actually. <laughs> the problem with that is you can take a picture and then remove the stuff afterwards because no one's in there. Yeah. So you, t- you put it in the box, take a picture, and then pull it out the box and put it in your pocket. And You start to sound like the yeah. bank now. Yeah. <laughs> then you also have a picture and somebody knows what you have. And then it makes it it makes you a, 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 an attractive sort of target. target yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, I've always been flippant about that. Oh, Once sure. you take a picture of what's in the deposit box, the bank would have to prove that you removed it. Yes. So let's assume that if people, but I mean, who would even think of taking pictures of what's in? Some people were surprisingly uh, um, uh, organized with this yeah. kind of thing. Like, for example, there's some people that took a picture of their stuff in the box and made sure they jotted down what dates they went in so they could match it with the photo and that kind of thing. So some people went uh, a long way to make sure that um, if this did happen, they could do something about it. But I don't think that that should um, uh, mean that F&B can favorably choose those who had that and those that didn't because um, what do the pensioners do? What do the people who now face a very uh, dark future do? Um, it's, it's actually quite heartless to sit back and go, okay, well, prove it to me now. Yeah. If we knew, obviously, that we weren't covered, when I say we, all of us, yes. I mean, you could have left for the same price, leave it at home. And, and what was this costing you a month, uh, Nicolette? It was 220 rand a month. Nicole, sorry. Nicole, yeah. 220 rand a month. And you had it there for how many years? I had mine for 19 years. Wow. So it started, I could see my first uh, payment was 135 rand. So it escalated to 220 rand, but in between that it was more. If you were the chair, all of you, I'm going to throw this at you. If you were the chair of First National Bank, how would you handle this? I would have started talking to people from day one exactly. as a person. Exactly. Because um, it's, it's a long time to get a real answer from F&B. I don't understand why um, we had to wait, why we had to keep making noise, and then they'd only come forward. Um, a one, some kind of, it didn't have to be a one-on-one individual like conversation it could be get the group together explain this is where we're at this is how they well we can't give you details but we're here um, we'll help you as much as we can and just start from day one not ignore 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 and then only after we push then they come back and start talking i I saw somewhere that you people have hired a private investigator or you are or you're about to have you yes we have and what are they what are they still working on it yes they're still busy with the you don't want to give away your evidence but they're trying to show the negligence side and uh, what went on and who was there and who guarded the bank and where the bank failed. That's really what you're after. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I mean, in today's times, we have some great judges and they're going to feel very sorry for everyone. It's crazy, this. I hope so. I'm, I mean, I'm expressing a personal view. If God forbid it was mine or my mother's, you know, I'd be heartbroken and very, very Enraged the way this has been handled. Yeah, I, I'd like I'd like the judges to think about um, if they have something at home that that's special to them, that's maybe from a mother that passed away, or you know, just their life savings or anything. And if that was taken away from them, how would they feel in this situation? Because it, it makes me incredibly sad. And that's why I actually got involved with everyone is because every person that came forward and told me their story, the more um, upset I got with how it's being handled and that there's nothing for these people. So um, I hope that they do do look at this case from a human perspective. This is Kelly Fraser. You're a young woman. You're a dynamic young woman. Well done to you. You've, you've got everyone Thanks. together. 
and uh, you're making a difference. We like people like you. Uh, may I ask what you do for a living or don't you want to disclose? Oh, no, that's fine. Actually, yeah. it falls quite well into what we're doing here. I do social media and PR. So, okay. yeah, so dig- the whole digital scene is um, kind of what I do. And uh, when my dad came to me to talk about what happened to him, I was like, let's get this out to the media. So that's how it all started. Yeah, we need people like you. To our other guests, Nicole and Eva. Thank you for being here. I'm really sorry about this. I hope you get something. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Gary. Thanks. Yeah, you've been terrific. The two of you fight on. Yes. Uh, you can't just this. You can't let this thing no. go like this. I mean, it just. No. Even though there's a giant against you, no. and it's FNB. Mm. I mean, you've got your rights here. There's something that doesn't add up here. Correct. Yes. Yeah. It's Absolutely. all wrong. It's all wrong. Correct. The way they've handled this is all wrong. Correct. And yeah. They must also put on their advertising that Definitely. please take out insurance, yeah. otherwise you're not covered. They mustn't mislead you no. into believing that you have Safe. peace of mind. Please yes. have a look at the website of FNB yes. and it says um, pricing guide of safe custody and in there it says your peace of mind hmm. yeah. keep your valuables like under lock and key yes. Yeah. Yes. cool it's been very interesting to talk to you we're going to bring you back and you're going to tell us the good news sometime <laughs> we hope so yeah. it's time for banks to start realizing you can't uh, just ignore yeah, issues don't, don't mess with these ladies <laughs> take you on no. well done girls thank, thank you so much thank you for Thanks, this Gary. cheers bye thank you bye cliffcentral.com